0: nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. Welcome. The phone number 404-872-0750. wsb talk Hey, I, I want to... Can we avoid Roy Moore for just a little while? I, I actually, I, I want to talk to you about news, and it, it's not a massive headline of the day. Um, but I am, um, you know, I've got a, a 12-year-old and an 8-year-old. Uh, oldest is a girl. And I was having a conversation today with some people about the the fallout from the Roy Moore situation and and the eye-opening and and the Southern colloquialisms and um, older men, younger women relationships and how common it was in the South in the 60s and 70s, in particular for uh, 30-year-old men, uh, late 20-year-old men to date teenage girls, that it was common. And that was before um, sex and dating were the same thing that in, up until the, the late 80s in particular, in most parts of the South, um, having really, getting in bed naked um, was not part of dating in situations like that. Uh, that's not to say it didn't happen, but by and large, that's not what people thought of, uh, particularly in the 60s and 70s. Now, I in, don't read this as making any sort of excuse for anything. I'm not. Um, the point, though, is that in more recent, in the more recent era, um, things have turned on their head as far as dating and, and sex and stuff go. But in the process of this conversation, a friend of mine who pays attention to the research because it's their job came up with a troubling statistic or found a troubling statistic. You know, Snapchat. I, I don't have Snapchat. Um, most of my friends, thankfully, in my age group, uh, we don't have Snapchat. But apparently... What this buddy of mine was telling me one in five girls one in five girls will send a naked picture to a boy to get the boy interested in her or to sustain interest in a relationship by the ninth grade one in five girls now you can say we're only talking 20%, but I, I would say that is 20% too much. Um, and one in four boys, by the time they are in 10th grade, we'll have done it a quarter of boys by 10th grade. Now, why boys a, a year later? Um, the They're less mature. It takes a little while longer for boys to hit that, that peak, but the numbers go up from there. So you got 20% of girls by ninth grade, 25% of boys by 10th grade. And by the time you get to 12th grade, you're approaching 50% for both. Apparently. Now y'all look, I realize we live in a fallen world, but there is something really wrong because in that demographic, um, there are probably a lot of kids in that demographic doing that, who are sitting around you in church on Sunday. If we're, if we're approaching 12th grade and we're talking about 50% or close there too, uh, one of many reasons that we won't have our kids, uh, our kids won't have Snapchat. Uh, they don't. Uh, in fact, I have it blocked. If you come into my house and use my Wi-Fi, you can't get on it. Um, there's no reason to have that temptation there. But we live in an era where this is more and more prevalent and I can't help but think we're having a lot of outrage over Roy Moore, not just because of what he allegedly did to a 14 year old, but also because it is widely considered among all of us, or at least it should be that a 30 something year old man creeping on, on high school girls is really creepy. In fact, you got two reports, one, one national with the New Yorker, one local in Alabama where locals are saying he was prohibited from going to the mall back in the late 70s in Gadsden uh, because he was making people feel uncomfortable with the way he was always going up to the high school girls. Whether you believe it or not, it's it's creepy. And he's admitted on, on TV he dated young girls. But yet we live in a world where so many parents are turning a blind eye to their own kids. I mean, y'all, we got a real problem with society. Do you know what the number one searches in and, and this? There is actually friend of mine. This was all in this conversation uh, about this whole situation, um, and there is an article out there on a website, a, a sociological website, on the number one term for people online searching for adult content. You know what the number one term is? Teen. Teen, teenagers, people looking for that sort of content involving individuals who look young. And and by the way, that's gay and straight teen. There is something tried and true in the formula of that level of stuff about youth. And youthfulness, and the sexualization of youthfulness. I mean, my God, watch the show about the the kids and beauty pageants, and see the hypersexualized youth. And that's part of culture. And it's a part of culture that it, whether you're in or out of the church, it's hard to tell who's who because it, it's indistinguishable in behavior by and large. And it's wrapped up into this conversation. And I don't think enough of the conversation about this Roy Moore situation where people are are livid about what he did or is accused of doing. There are people who are livid. He's not being defended. um, But my God, look at what our kids are doing. And look what they're doing behind our back. And look in many cases what they're doing with parents who just don't care that they're doing it. They've handed them the device and let the device babysit them. And this stuff is going on. And let me tell you something. If you are someone out there Who is looking at that adult content, not condemning you, not telling you you're going to go to hell. I'm not doing any of that. But I want you to understand one point. The majority of that content is a victim of human trafficking providing it for you. When we as a culture, I mean, I, I get people all the time. In fact, we've had callers to this program who tell me, um, the number of kids who have seen pornography, the number of, of middle school boys who've seen pornography is upwards of 50% now. And I get parents who call and say, they're going to see it anyway. Might as well provide a safe environment just so they can see it, know what it is. It's curiosity killed the cat. Once they've seen it, they won't go back to it. Uh, baloney, but more than that, do you understand that by propping up that industry, you are propping up human trafficking? There are literally women in our city who are enslaved and can't escape. And one of the things they do is that or serve as escorts for individuals. And I just for those who are are looking on Alabama and you just think this is partisan politics um it, maybe it is partisan politics. I tend to think that women in that situation who aren't trying to profit, they don't come forward knowing the hell they're going to get to unless there's a credible reason. And I don't know that conservatives need to waste their time defending a man who won't defend himself when we come back. I will offend many of you by telling you how I would defend Roy Moore if I was his political consultant. But, larger point here, we are excusing a lot of behavior by saying everybody does that or it's no big deal. Or it's so long ago. And in the meantime, we are ignorant to the fact that our kids are listening. And it's like the old commercial from the 1980s, the, the Don't Do Drugs commercial. I learned it by watching you. What do you think they're doing? One in five girls feel like they need to send a naked picture to a boy to keep him interested in a relationship. All I can ask is, where is dad? We could use some grown-ups right now. 26 after the hour, the phone number here, 404 872 750 WSB talk. and I got to admit, I got in new braces today, they're turning my teeth, and it's hard to talk, so if you hear me trip it over my words, it, it's not that I'm normally half Swedish, half Cajun, it's that I have, on top of that, uh, braces in my mouth today, y'all, the Chinese have let go some American basketball players who were accused of shoplifting in China. They let them go and put them on a plane and sent them out of the country after the intervention of Donald Trump. Now, here's the thing. They weren't white. And this isn't getting a lot of media coverage. And I think it's relevant when you have a prevailing media narrative that the president is racist and only wants to help white people, that he helped non-white people get out of China instead of suffering in a Chinese jail. Meanwhile, in China, the Chinese president is upping the persecution of Christians in China. The Chinese premier, who has become a dictator, who is purging all of his opposition from government, has ordered that Christians in China are not allowed to participate in poverty programs unless they take down their pictures of Jesus and put up their pictures of President Xi. Because according to the Communist Party there, Christianity is superstition. And superstition has spread from the cities to the Chinese villages and farms, and it needs to be stamped out because you can't serve two masters. You you can only serve the party, or you can serve God, and so you got to pick, and you're not allowed to participate in poverty programs and get fed by the government if you don't back the party. It is thirty eight after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number four zero four eight seven two zero seven five zero one eight hundred WSB Talk. Hope you guys had a good weekend. Uh, the Roy Moore saga continues. I want to. I want to step into the role of a political consultant. I used to be one. I was one for about, uh, probably ten years, I guess. Worked on congressional races, state races local races uh, was a volunteered on president Bush's campaign as a lawyer. Um, And what should Roy Moore do? What would I advise him if I was his consultant? What would I tell him uh, he needs to consider doing now? First of all, what I need you to understand is this is not an attempt to excuse or downplay allegations or anything like that, and and I've raised this today on social media and got roundly attacked by a bunch of feminists. How dare you do this? I'm just saying. I mean, what would you do? I think it is news if you were to respond, And, and this gets to a point that needs to be made about this case. Well, first of all, what you do is you get him out there on Unfavorable Media. You don't just go on Sean Hannity's show, which, by the way, Sean is getting a really bad rap for his interview with Roy Moore. I saw Volvo now pulling ads. Keurig had... That is a bunch of BS. It was a fair interview. It was a tough interview. Yes, he gave Roy Moore the benefit of the doubt, as I would expect him to do. But he asked him questions, and Roy Moore did more harm to himself, and Hannity let him do harm to himself. Um, in an environment that should have been perceived as comfortable and he seemed to clearly be expecting really softball questions. And it, it, it hurt him. And there have been conservatives who have walked away from Roy Moore because of his interview with Hannity. And yet Hannity is getting attacked by media matters and elsewhere for for apologizing, for making excuses for him and all that stuff, which is a bunch of hooey. But what should Roy Moore do? Well, first of all, He needs to go on 60 Minutes, the Sunday shows, the Make the Rounds of Alabama Media, and he needs to answer any question they throw at him. He needs to answer them all. Get it out of the way. In fact, make it look like Roy Moore is going to stay there and answer every question and that they're going to get tired of him. He's not going to get tired of them. He needs to just stay there. In fact, if he was told a press conference to take questions— If it lasts all day, it lasts all day. You make the reporters leave so that no one can say you were trying to get out of there. You make the reporters leave. You answer every single one of their questions and you just stay there and take it. And you have your wife by your side the whole time. And then you send your wife out. You send your wife out and she goes all over the state doing events and she does a TV ad for you. And she looks in that camera and she looks angry. And she says, I have shared the bed with this man every night since 1985. I know him better than any of you, and I know there is no way he could do what he's accused of. Has Roy done dumb things? Yes. Has he done things I'm not proud of? Yes. Has he done this? Absolutely not. And the folks in Washington do this to everyone who stands up to them. They do this to everyone. They do this to destroy the people who want to stand up to Washington. They do this to malign their character. They do this to ruin them for daring to stand up. And if you don't stand with Roy, if I don't stand with Roy, they're going to keep finding good people and ruining them for daring to speak up against them. This vote about my husband is not about unfounded accusations from 40 years ago. It is about how Washington is ruining our lives and we need to fight back. And you run that commercial everywhere and you take the audio from it and you run it on radio and you do a robocall and you saturate everywhere with Mrs. Moore saying, these are unfounded accusations. I share his bed. I know him better than you. And to hell with you if you think he did this because he didn't. And then you run media. And you get out there and you do big events and you show huge crowds. You bring in crowds. You bust in people. You make sure people know no one is leaving Roy Moore. You make it seem like you are the screwed up person for not being on the campaign trail with him. You make it seem like you're the person who should be out there. Because everybody else in Alabama is with him. And you do this and you keep at it for weeks on end. But there's a catch there. Now... Here's the catch, and here's the problem. This is campaign strategy one oh one. Campaign strategy one oh one. Roy Moore should have been doing this on Saturday. And he wasn't. And I hear from friends of his, he has a very, very, very nimble campaign, a shoestring budget. Uh it is basically he and his wife and a couple of other people. They are not professionals, they've never had to do anything like this, and they've been caught flat footed. Okay. Well, now we're on Tuesday, and you're continuing to let the story define you instead of you defining the story. Sending out a few tweets about Mitch McConnell, well, that's not really going to do much. Y'all, he's got to fight back if he didn't do it. And he's not really fighting back the way he needs to fight back if he didn't do it. His wife is sharing stories on social media that aren't true. His wife passed out a story that showed that the store, um, or the restaurant where the girl worked, that it wasn't even open in the 1970s; it only opened in the 1990s. Well, it turns out, it didn't take long for reporters in Alabama to find the recorded photographic evidence that this restaurant did exist in the location where the girl claimed in the 1970s. Now, of course, there's the allegation that, oh, he signed it DA and and it was a different year and people are obfuscating the facts on that. Y'all, if Roy Moore did not do this, he's got to defend himself. He's got to fight back. And he's not. He's not doing what he needs to do. And whether you think he did it or not, it is not in dispute. It is an objective fact. He is not doing what a candidate in his position needs to do to combat the allegations. He's not. This is campaigning 101, and he's failing at it. And if Roy Moore is failing at it, I don't see that there's any reason for anyone else to get out there and make a fool of themselves defending a man who's not defending himself in the way he should with basic political strategy. 5 after the hour I just so happen to be Eric Erickson here on News 95.5 AM 750 the phone number 404 872 one 800 WSB talk the justice league finally comes out this weekend and there are really terrible signs of what's to come why well first of all they are refusing refusing to allow Rotten Tomatoes to release a score. and Warner Brothers, who's releasing the movie, owns part of the stake in Rotten Tomatoes. And Rotten Tomatoes has decided, after all these Hollywood studios saying it's Rotten Tomatoes' fault that they're turning out terrible movies, that Rot- the Rotten Tomatoes is going to wait to release the Rotten Tomatoes score until Thursday evening, When the movie starts showing in certain theaters and then live on Friday. And the really bad part is that Warner Brothers is not allowing movie reviewers to release their reviews until Wednesday. So tomorrow we should find out how terrible this movie is. And normally they release the reviews a week before the movie comes out. And they're just they're not allowing it this time. And that is typically a warning sign that it is a terrible, terrible movie. I still am going to go see it. I may go see it Thursday night late. Um, it is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, and The Flash. Uh, and it is Zack Snyder, who is probably the worst movie director in Hollywood. Um, really just... I don't think I've seen any of his movies that were worth anything. And Batman versus Superman... Uh, Despite what my friend Ryan says is probably one of the worst superhero movies ever made, and that includes the Green Lantern movie. And it was bad. The director's cut improves it slightly, but it was bad. When we come back, what should Taylor Swift have really sung about on her new album, Politics, of course? Lift off. we have a lift off. it is nine after the hour i am eric erickson the phone number 404 8720 750 1800 wsb talk i'm sorry i just had to stop for a second am i giving out my home number i i had to i had to replay the numbers in my head it's it's been one of those days my goodness, I'm still hung up on Kurt Mello saying 31 degrees. My goodness gracious. In any event, phone lines are open. You can get the show notes uh, texting the word show to 444-999. Uh, Taylor Swift has her new album out, Reputation. Um, it is getting a lot of play with my 12-year-old who loves Taylor Swift and is already lobbying to go to the Taylor Swift concert in Atlanta next year. In August of next year, I'm already getting lobbied to get tickets to go to the Taylor Swift concert. I have reached the age beyond which I think I'm capable of appreciating her genius. Uh, there are a couple of songs on this album. I did listen to it before my 12-year-old listened to it. There is, I found one bad word in it. Um, and I just, I'm not sure about this music. Nonetheless, uh, Marie Claire, which you know, all of these Teen Vogue handed it handed itself over to Hillary Clinton. Uh, they have produced a guide for teenagers on how to engage in um uh, um, uh, um intimate relations derriere, shall we say? I know there are kids listening right now. Um, the back door, um, putting things there. Yes, they 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 embrace that. And Marie Claire, of course, has gone completely left wing nutso as well. Um, everything has to be part of the resistance and they are attacking Taylor Swift for her album, not because of the content of her album. Nope. They are not attacking her musical genius. And even I, you know, one of the things I write in my book to my kids is that you need to be able to appreciate good things. Even if you don't necessarily like them yourself, you need to understand something that's beautiful. Even if you don't, really like it yourself. For example, um, Beethoven's 5th, 7th, 9th symphonies, they may not be your thing, but you should at least understand why they're beloved and considered classics. In the same way, I may not like this new Taylor Swift album, uh, and that is heresy to my children. I realize particularly my daughter, my son doesn't care. Um, I may not like it, but I should at least appreciate she is very talented. And the ability to transition from from country music to to pop music to electronic uh, rap-ish hip-hop and, and transition in between. I expect her next album is going to be an opera album. But it's not my cup of tea. Nonetheless, she's not getting attacked for her musical talents, talents by Marie Claire. She's getting attacked because of, and I quote for you, her decision to remain apolitical during the 2016 election. If Taylor Swift thinks that her public fallout with with Kimye, that would be Kanye West and Kim Kardashian West, was the most damning public relations nightmare she endured last year, then she should probably expand her news diet. Fall of 2016 saw a slew of celebrities become outspokenly involved in the political process, and they should have. Taylor did post on Instagram the fact she was voting And some people interpreted her sweater as confirmation she was casting a vote for Hillary Clinton. But was it enough? She's not required to be vocal about her politics, but it's also fair to side-eye and question her decision to remain silent. The ACLU released a statement admonishing Taylor for what they saw as an attempt to silence Constitutionally protected free speech. Y'all, this is just stupid. Oh, and apparently her swift victim image is the perfect vehicle and metaphor for white supremacist perceived victimization. Yes, that's right. Um, There are a lot of stupid people in the world, and many of them apparently write for Marie Marie Claire. No one need get political no one, including singers and celebrities. They don't have to tell me who they vote for. In fact, they would like to appeal to all of us, and their music and their acting and whatnot should appeal to the broadest base possible. There are some things that should unite people, music being one of them, but everything's got to be political for these 20-something childless shrews who write for feminist magazines, who declare that other people who are more successful than are terrible people, unless they do exactly like these unsuccessful idiots decide people have to do it's so mind-numbingly frustrating not everything should be political not everything needs to be and I don't care who Taylor Swift voted for my kid likes her music and she's a far better role model than many of the other people out there in the music industry you know I'm going to go to a phone call now because I was about to move into this topic and Joe is the perfect segue for this Joe and LaGrange thanks very much for calling Eric thank you very much uh, I admire your family for their perseverance and courage, and, and God bless you. My, my you. question is, assuming that the citizens of Alabama elect Roy Moore as their senator, how can Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan, as they have said they will do, deny him his seat? Um, I don't know that they can. In fact, the reason I wanted to bring this up right now is I'm actually having a a email exchange during commercial breaks with a reporter in Washington on this very issue. How could they do that? Well, here's the argument for uh, the Senate. This, this is what it does. Let me read you Section 5, Article 1, Section 5 of the Constitution. Each house shall be the judge of the elections, returns, and qualifications of its own members, and a majority of each shall constitute a quorum to do business, but a smaller number may adjourn from day to day and may be authorized to compel the attendance of absent members. Each house may determine the rules of its proceedings, punish its members for disorderly behavior, and with the concurrence of two-thirds, expel a member. That's what they're hanging their hat on. With the concurrence of two-thirds, expel a member. Joe, the problem here, though, is that Roy Moore isn't a member. And I am fairly confident there is a Supreme Court case on this issue that that provision, Article 1, Section 5, applies to members of Congress, which Roy Moore is not. So if he were to get into the Congress and engage in this behavior, then yes. Uh, they could expel him. I don't believe constitutionally, though, that they have the power to do it, um, that they would essentially be rendering invalid a uh, lawfully held election. And one thing they can't do, and it's one of the things Republicans are urging happen right now, is essentially they're going to rewrite rules and say, well, we're going we're gonna to suddenly rule this election invalid. Well, they don't have pre-existing rules for that. It, it is a constitutional principle in the American Republic that you cannot rewrite the rules midstream. Uh, that is why um, Bush versus Gore got thrown out by the Supreme Court, because they said that the Florida Supreme Court was trying to rewrite uh, the rules for counting votes in the process of the election. There are a number of people out there right now, Hugh Hewitt and others, who have suggested that maybe the Republicans should just cancel the election and have a do-over. Uh, they can't do that. It's a violation of due process. They they can't rewrite the rules in the middle of the game. So that that's... That, I think, is, is where we get Does that satisfy you? Yeah, it does. But my fear is not necessarily for this election and this candidate. With Given the climate in Washington right now, my fear is for future elections. Yeah, you know, I've had a lot of friends tell me who are mad at me over my position of this saying that um, if Roy Moore goes down, every Republican from here on out is going to see women come forward and say they are accused, uh, child predators. And that may be so, but I got to tell you, if that happens, most of these Republicans will know how to run a campaign and push back something Roy Moore hasn't done. Now there's another angle to this that I'm engaged with in this re-re- email with this reporter that is worth talking about when we come back. And that is... The connection to Steve Bannon. Well, we finally have the answer. Why did Renee Boucher kick the mess out of Rand Paul? We we now know it wasn't political, although Renee Boucher is a liberal Democrat, apparently. Nope. Had nothing to do with that. According to other people in the neighborhood, and those who know what happened, um, the socialist doctor, as the Daily Mail calls him, he's apparently a big liberal, um, broke Rand Paul's ribs while he was out cutting the grass over a dispute about trees, Yes, I'm sure some environmentalists are shocked to learn that Rand Paul is a bit granola. He's a big tree hugger. He loves his trees in his yard. He and Boucher, they live in a private neighborhood that backs up to a lake. And Rand Paul has chosen to let the trees in his backyard grow. And Boucher, his next door neighbor, wants Rand Paul to cut his trees down because Boucher is trying to sell his house. And one of the features that he's highlighting on the houses is, is beautiful lake views well there are no beautiful lake views because there are a bunch of trees in the way because Rand Paul won't cut them down just like a liberal to demand you do something with your own property for their own benefit <laughs> so he's been marketing his house you should know he's been marketing his house at eight hundred forty-nine thousand five hundred dollars, tax assessors say it's only worth about seven forty. Now, tax assessors always on the low end. Maybe it is worth eight forty-nine. I don't know, um, but apparently he has tried to sell it repeatedly, and has been unable to sell the house. And the trees are a sticking point, and he wants Rand Paul to do something, and it's not going to happen. Um, and so he beat the prince. Just unbelievable. There you have it. The true story. And you know, I don't mean this to be mean. I really don't. And I know it sounds mean. So I've been careful about saying it. As Charlie braces himself for me to say it. <laughs> um, I knew that it wasn't political. And the reason I knew it was not political is because there were no immediate fundraisers from anyone that Liberty is under assault. Cause you know, and I know had this been politically motivated every grassroots organization in the country and probably Rand Paul's pack would be out demanding what we give money because Liberty is under attack and that didn't happen. And that was a big tip off that there's no possible way this could have been political. So now, I want to move on to something else that we have We don't have time to talk about because I totally forgot that there's a basketball game tonight. But the liberal pylon on Bill Clinton has begun, and it is hilarious to witness. Why? Because they're only doing it now so they can try to have a clear conscience as they go after Roy Moore. That's it. Um, you gotta, you're going to have to spare me your moral high ground liberals when you've totally ignored... The fact that this has been going on for a while and you have apologized for it and covered for it. And now they want you to know that you crying about it made them stand with Bill Clinton. It's all your fault, people. We'll get into this tomorrow.